I'm excited to be able to share with you God's word today and what God has to say to us through James about patience. Patience in the midst of our suffering. James chapter 5, verses 7 through 11. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil, being patient about it until it gets the early and late rains. You too be patient, strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. Do not complain, brethren, against one another, so that yourselves may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing right at the door. An example, brethren, of suffering and patience, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We count those blessed who endured. You've heard of the endurance of Job and have seen the outcome of the Lord's dealing, that the Lord is full of compassion and is merciful. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You might find this hard to believe, but I was a precocious child growing up. My parents had no idea what I was going to say next. In fact, oftentimes I would embarrass them by speaking my mind. I was born in Indicott, New York, and I, my parents and I, we lived in Nichols, a nearby town. We attended Nichols United Methodist Church. It was on this particular Sunday. I believe I was three at the time. And here we are in church. I'm getting tired of the service. I'm ready for it to come to an end. And what do I do? I stand up in the pew where we're seated. And I said in a loud voice, as the choir was singing, no doubt, I said, all this singing is giving me a headache. Let's go home. I was ready to leave. I just wanted to be out of there. You know, today, as we look at our scripture, we see how sometimes we can be impatient, impatient with where God is, what God is doing in our lives, and waiting on God, period. James looks at the scripture in a way that brings to us hope. And as we experience the scripture, I want us to, first of all, look at who is James. James is the brother of Jesus. You see, he oversaw the church in Jerusalem. He's writing this letter primarily to Christians, Jewish Christians who live beyond Israel. These are Christians who are dispersed because of persecution. So here's what he's saying to them. He's trying to give them some strength to their faith, but also guide them in how to live out of their faith. James 5, 1 through 6, the first verses before the ones I just read, James is criticizing the Christians who are wealthy. You see, these wealthy Christians were ones who were taking advantage of these poor Christians. They had all this money, all this wealth. They worshiped what they had. They didn't seek to comfort the poor. They're all about cheating those who work for them. It was not a good thing. So James recognizes how these Christians were being persecuted by the wealthier ones. And so he wanted to say, listen, Christians, hang in there. Good news, Jesus is coming. Jesus is going to be near. And as he returns, he's going to bring forth judgment upon those people who abuse you. He gives an illustration, James, about patience. Patience is about farming. It's a, wow, it's a job being a farmer. You have to prepare the soil, plant the seed, and then after you do that, you water and weed and you wait for the seed to come to fruition. And then once it does, there's this wonderful harvest and great things come forth from that. So the reason why James told this story is because he was wanting the people to understand that where they are, they would need to have long-suffering patience, waiting on God, waiting for God to return. 
As we look at this ourselves, we as Christians, we see that Jesus did not return in the lifetime of the Christians of, of James. But we're called to as Christians to hang in there. We see that the kingdom of God is near us because Jesus has come. The kingdom of God is present. And as we continue to wait on Jesus to come again, we too have a way for us to be able to endure where we are until Jesus shows up, until we experience God in the fullness now of what God has for us. I want us to, as we begin to wait upon God, to recognize one thing is that waiting is so very difficult. We are a society that sometimes, oftentimes, into instant gratification. We have to have everything faster, fast food, fast service, fast lane, and then there's waiting that's painful. When we're going through a mostly difficult time, waiting on a healing, waiting on God to be God, waiting for the struggle that we're facing to be over is most gut-wrenching. I have a, qu a question for you, and this is a question I think is very real. What are you waiting for? What are you wanting God to do in your life? How do you want God to bring something to an end in what you're suffering? Maybe it's COVID. I don't know about you, but I am tired of COVID. We want this to come to an end. We'd like for our country to be able to be unified together. Or let, let's bring it closer to home. How about you and your family? What are you waiting on? Are you waiting on the prodigal son or daughter to return home that once knew Jesus, but now no longer is following after him? Or maybe you're single, you want to get married, but, but you haven't found that spouse yet. And, and it's so hard when other people around you have spouses. Or maybe you're a couple, you're trying to conceive a child and you're not able to. Or possibly looking for a job, you can't find that job and unemployment is running out. Or you have aging parents and, and these parents are is declining and you want to be able to help them, but you can't. You're just waiting for when the next shoe is going to drop. James realizes how difficult it is for us. And he wants us to experience patience, but then at the same time, as we are being patient, to share some grace with others around us. For he knew good and well, as he shares in the verse about grumbling against your neighbor, he's saying, don't complain about the person beside you. Don't complain about your fellow Christian brother when you're being impatient. Because when you do, you're being judgmental. Romans 2, 1 reads, Therefore, if you have no excuse, every one of you who passes judgment, for in that in which you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same thing. Ouch. Doesn't it kind of step on toes? That sometimes we have been a little bit short, especially during COVID, wanting to lash out at our family members or to those around us. I don't know about you, but it is stressful, especially when we just don't know when things are going to come to an end or when God is going to be God and be God for us. As we wait on God, we indeed can see for sure that sometimes our nerves get on edge. You might be saying, you are dancing a jig on my last nerve. In fact, some people can do that. But the good news is, as we are being impatient with others, we can experience God's patience in us and through us. We can look to God's word to strengthen us, to be able to prevent us from being impatient with other people. Patience in us causes us to be patient with others. We must look at God's word. I love this. Verse 10. 
is it's truly the example of the prophets. The prophets are, the, are ones who suffered, and in the midst of their suffering, they're patient. Let's look at the life of Jeremiah. Wonderful example for, for us to explore today. You see, Jeremiah was a prophet in the year 626 B.C., called by God at a young age to share God's message. And here's what he was told to share. God told him, Jeremiah, tell the people of Israel they need to turn from their sin. You see, they had gotten away from God. They had practiced idol worship. And from that, they started to seek their own interests and weren't concerned about the welfare of others. So he said to them, Jeremiah, if you do not turn, there's going to be consequences for you. Something horrible is going to happen. Sure enough, it did. You see the Babylonians, they invaded. And then during that time frame, they exiled many of the upper crust people. And then the second invasion, Jerusalem was sacked. More exiles were taken. The walls of Jerusalem were torn down and the temple was in ruins. But then Jeremiah said to the people, be faithful, be faithful, because you see, God is going to bring forth the exiles in 70 years. Jeremiah was this weeping prophet. And here's why he was so sad. He was sad because the people didn't turn towards God. They didn't repent. And plus he was sad because he couldn't get them to change. Jeremiah was criticized, deposed, abused, sentenced to death, and then eventually lowered in a cistern that had no water, which was filled with mud, there to die, but he was rescued. Jeremiah writes in Lamentations 3, 22 through 25. This is an awesome verse. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those who wait. Jeremiah, oh, he's claiming the goodness of God to him as he waited. That as he waited through his difficulties, his endurance was created. And through the perseverance, he was able to in his patience, experience the long-suffering he needed to be able to endure. You know, I think about people in the Bible, but there's people outside the Bible, people of, of modern day or even days gone by, that we can explore, that can, can be a true witness to us of how they have patiently waited during their challenges and what their patience has been done to them as they seek God and God working in them. There's a gentleman by the name of Maximilian Kobel, he was a Catholic priest in Poland during the Nazi invasion in 1939. He was one who cared for the people around him. He was very outspoken. You see, he was somewhat a prophet. He spoke against the Nazis, and he hid 2,000 Jews. And then in 1941, he was arrested by the Nazis. He ended up in Auschwitz. He experienced great hardship, terrible brutalities. But in the midst of where he was, he continued to minister to those around him, try to care for those who are in great need, and there's so much need around him. Eventually, he sacrificed his life for the life of another inmate. Wow, Maximum Cole, a man who was empowered by God, a man who truly experienced the endurance of God in him, working through him to be patient. And here's a letter that Maximilian wrote to his mother while he was in Auschwitz, a powerful letter to his mom. Dear Mama, at the end of the month of May, I was transferred to the camp of Auschwitz. Everything is well in my regard. Be tranquil about me and my health, because the good God is everywhere and provides for everything with love. Don't you love that? The good God is everywhere and provides for everything with love. It would be well that you do not write me until you have received other news to where 
I will be. I do not know how long I'll stay here. Cordial greetings and kisses. Affectionately, Raymond. That was his birth name. He later became known as Maximilian. That was his religious name. So then that we see he's an example of someone that we can emulate in our own lives with some of the difficulties we have waiting upon God to be God, waiting on God to show us God's ways and God's will. As we look at these people that encourage us, we also can remember that God is at work with endurance. He did so in these people's lives I just mentioned and did so in us. I want to read this scripture for you. It's Romans 5, 3 through 5. And this is about how we can experience God in our sufferings and makes us be able to continue on further with where we are. Here's the reading. And not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulation, knowing that tribulation brings perseverance, and perseverance proving character, and proving character hope, and hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. This is a transformation process of patience. Patience worked in us through endurance, and from that we are changed people. We're inspired by the prophets and other faithful men and women of the Bible and elsewhere. It fortifies our patience. It gives us what we need to continue on with our trials and tribulations. But at the same time, James has us to point to something else, to the blessing of God. The blessing of God and suffering, really? Well, let's look at God's actions. He brings up James, Job. And before we get into the blessing that Job received, let's look at how Job experienced great hardship. You see, God was in a conversation with Satan. Satan saying to God, you know, if you let me tempt Job, then Job is not going to be faithful. He is going to turn away from you altogether. And God said, fine, I know Job would be faithful. Go ahead and test him. Indeed, Job was tested. Some terrible things happened to him. Some warring tribesmen came, and then they, they stole much of his livestock, his livelihood, and then in Taboo, they killed his children. Wow, the heartache that Job must have felt as he had those losses in his life. Bad enough to lose your livelihood, but to lose your children? And from that, he questioned God and wondered where God is and what, why God was doing what God did. I want to read the scripture for you. This comes from Job 42, 1 through 6. And as I read this scripture for you, you'll see for yourself what I mean about the blessing that Job received. <clears throat> Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is that that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have declared that which I did not understand, things too wonderful for me which I did not know. How, and how here now I will speak. I will ask you and instruct me. I have heard of you by the hearing of my ear, but now my eyes see you. Therefore, I retract, I repent in dust and ashes." Wow, here we have Job, who came to this great understanding that he couldn't understand the mind of God. God was very infinite. Job is finite. And so therefore, he had no answer to the questions he had. But he can trust a bigger God who had more of what's going on behind the scenes in God's heart. And for that, Job was experienced God in a deeper level. Had a, his relationship with God deepened of trusting this God who God would take care of Job. And God did. God blessed Job with family and then for finances later on. But the biggest thing is the blessing of Job and how he experienced God. And that's how it is for us. We can experience the blessing of God. We have these questions, certainly, during our waiting. We wonder. I was born 
wondering, always ask questions. Maybe it's questions like this. Why are you so slow, God? How much longer? Why this difficulty? Or here's some of my other favorites. We might go, is your delay due? You got something else greater going on for, in store for me? Are you saving me for something else? Maybe your timing? I don't know. Are you willing? Are you, are you allowing this to happen because you want to deepen my trust in you? We don't know the whys, but we know that God is a big God. And God has a blessing of this awareness as we see who he is. And as we do, we can deepen our intimacy and trust in him that God is going to see us through our time of waiting. That who knows, even what we're wanting to see happen may not even become what we want anymore. Because we see God, we want to have more of God in our life and for us to experience him on a deeper level. You know, as, as we look at various people, as we look at Job for the blessing, we also have to remember one last thing, and that's this, that we must remember that God is compassionate towards us. We must look at God's heart. And here it is, as we look at verse 11. It says, The Lord is full of compassion and is merciful. I love that. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 9 reads, And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will boast about my weakness, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. The throne of grace, mentioned in Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. We go to the throne of grace, saying, God, here I am. I need Jesus. We can do all things through Christ who suffered and Christ who is in us. You see, Jesus suffered upon the cross. And in his suffering upon his cross, he knows pain. He was fully human. Hebrews 4.15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who's been tempted in all things as we, yet without sin. God had Jesus to be human. God had Jesus to suffer with us. And as he suffers with us, there is that grace that we can embrace. But the question is, will we allow the loving embrace of the Savior to put us arms around us as we long for God to be God, as we long for God to do what God is to do, as we wait for God, that we might experience Jesus and end that for the first time, maybe if you've never accepted Jesus or time or time again you have, just knowing that this God has Jesus with you. And that's the good news for us as we wait. I want to share an example of someone from our church who, as they were in their time of suffering, in their time of difficulty, this person experienced the blessing of God. And from that, their lives were changed. And she knew without a doubt that the suffering Jesus was with her. This person's name is Rhonda Autry. Rhonda is a longtime church member of Weddington. Some time ago, a few years, on Easter Sunday, her and her mother's house caught on fire, a terrible fire. Thankfully, her mother got out unscathed. But Rhonda, she didn't fare well. She had burned badly, and then she had smoke inhalation, which damaged her lungs. Rhonda ended up being in the hospital at Wake Forest Hospital, Baptist Hospital in Winston-Salem. And so as she suffered where she was, she waited on God. She wanted God to bring healing, wanted God to be God. Interesting enough, when Jenny and I went to go visit her, at this point, Rhonda was off the ventilator and was able to talk. And she had just had a very painful skin graft surgery. What does Rhonda say to us? She says to us, God is good. God is good. And that's what we must remember, that where we are, the blessing of God, seeing who God more so is as we wait, that's the blessing that God is good. And that as we experience that blessing of who God is, as our hearts are transformed, we have the grace of Jesus that walks us through, that leads us to waiting, waiting on God. 
my friends, I tell you, as we do so, let us open our hearts to who God is, what God has for us, trusting God, knowing that God will show us a way. That's the good news. That's our hope. That is what I pray that you and I will experience this day and the days ahead. Amen.